When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Three action-packed days at Melbourne Park in the bank when it comes to the first Grand Slam of the year. Of course, our Australian Open. And thanks to the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar, Brett Phillips joins us to review and to preview. BP, welcome. Yeah, good morning, Sam. Uh, Simon, another uh, another big day, but we got things uh, back on track. I think uh, was it was at a better 1.32am finish this morning. Having got all those outside courts dried, and I think the uh, the schedule's pretty much back on track now, which is good. And hopefully, albeit it's uh, looking a little ominous outside, no rain I don't think expected today, BP. So uh, we'll keep mm. our fingers crossed and then into a nice weekend of weather. Hey, Rafa Nadal, he doesn't give a stuff about that, though. He's out of the Australian Open. Uh, injury uh, flared. Uh, he said he was destroyed mentally. His second round exit uh, yesterday. Uh, Mackenzie McDonald, the victor in that one. How did you see it? Because uh, there will be few players in the draw at Melbourne Park at the moment who have an approval rating as high as Rafa Nadal? No, exactly, uh, Sam. Look, it was disappointing, no doubt. Anytime you lose um, you know, a champion, a, a draw card, I mean, he's had obviously ongoing foot issues. He's had abdominal uh, tears across the journey. Uh, this was more around the hip region. Uh, extended time off court at the end of that second set. Even got Craig Tiley out of his office to come down and chat with him in the Dale camp. And there was... You know, concerned that he was even going to come back out on court. But he doesn't retire lightly in the Dali. You know, likes to meet his obligation of finishing a match, mm. even if he's uh, certainly not cherry ripe. So he played out that third set. It was pretty competitive. But, yeah, he was a shadow of the man who started the match and that we saw in round one. But this has happened to Rafa a lot across the journey. He's retired from a few Australian Opens. And you think, well, maybe this is the last year on tour. Uh, but then he gets himself up. He goes home to Mallorca and uh, recuperates, has a big clay court swing, wins another French Open, and that keeps him going. So, look, there's a bit of uncertainty, and you know, it's a year-by-year sort of proposition. But he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to uh, sign off from the sport. He wants to uh, still you know, try and get himself right physically and see what's left in that body. But, yeah, it was yeah, certainly disappointing to lose him yesterday. I thought that was interesting, VP, his press conference where – he intimated that he just goes back and he gets this fix now and he gets to work yep. again because you know, tennis, even with all the success he's had, means so much to him. And not only him, mm. his wife was in tears mm. in the players' box yesterday. Like mm. It's still extraordinarily emotional for them to go to a tennis tournament for him to do his best. Yeah, no, no doubt, Simon. Look, he, he's been through this so many times, um, you know, through his career. And, and we always thought that, out of the big three, he probably wasn't going to have the longevity to go to, you know, 40 like Federer has. Although, you know, effectively, Roger's last two years were a write-off. You know, Djokovic could go another four years, but we thought Rafa would probably be the one that exits in his maybe mid to late 30s. Uh, but it does mean a lot. I mean, his wife uh, being there, I mean, she doesn't travel, but obviously now they've got a family. Uh, the whole family's come. So she's rarely at his tennis matches apart from the French Open and some European tournaments. And his dad's there, his agent. So it's been a tight-knit team for a long time. And his team, Nadal, who are on the road. And they go through the roller coaster ride with the athlete, the highs and the lows. And everyone feels it uh, in that camp. And he's still got this unbelievable determination to compete. 
uh, I suppose, you know, <laughs> and Simon, you can relate to that. What, you know, if you're a competitive sports person, it, you find it hard just to let that go. And, I mean, the Dale will walk away extremely satisfied when it's all said and done with what he's achieved out of the sport. But it, it is hard to, to make a call when that actually happens. No, you can't let it go. You're right there. You should see him on the golf course uh, at the moment. That's where it manifests <laughs> itself, uh, BP. Hey, there's a lot on the menu today to look forward to. Uh, for mine, Thanasi Kokonakis backing up again, uh, albeit he didn't have to play too long yesterday, up mm. against Andy Murray, who couldn't walk by the end of uh, his first round match. Um, what sort of appetite have we got for this one? Well, this should be a beauty. So Margaret Court Arena, uh, you know, it's intimate. I think Thanasi wanted that court rather than sort of being put onto Rod Laver. And Djokovic is going to be there tonight anyway, so he gets uh, top billing. But look, the crowd will be breathing all over uh, these two. You know, Murray, how's he going to come back after uh, that epic against Berrettini? But, you know, he'll have the appetite to compete, Andy. He'll have done everything to get his body cherry ripe to play. Yeah, Thanasi's fresh. Uh, minimal time on court last night to finish off that match against Fanini. I think he's running on top of the ground, uh, Kokonakis, but he's up against a guy who's going to push him to the limits and make him play a lot of balls. And I think we'll come down to the shot selection for Thanasi tonight. He can he can play, Sam, but at times just pulling the trigger a little early. And with Andy Murray, you've got to have a degree of patience around the court. So it is certainly the, the matchup that jumps off the page and you'll have it live on the SEN tonight. And the other two Aussies in action, uh, Demon Orr and Popperin, uh, Fritz against uh, Alexi Popperin. I'd love to see Popperin pop a seed if he can. Uh, and Fritz is, I think, eight BP. Is he any show there? He's going to have to lift, uh, Simon. Taylor Fritz, uh, I think, is starting to put himself in the conversation of, you know, Grand Slam semifinals. It's, you know, you go from being a regular sort of fourth round quarter finalist and he needs to take the next step. But he's, you know, got the game. He hits with incredible power. And, and Popperin's going to have to just get on his bike and, and take some risks as well. Sometimes I just watch Alexi and I feel like I'm seeing the same type of ball go back and forth. Now he's got to mix it up. He's got to be a little bit daring. Uh, you know, get to the net too. I mean, Alexi is not a bad volleyer. And I love seeing these guys uh, get forward. I mean, I even saw John Millman. Uh, look, what's Medvedev last night? I mean, he's a big gazelle. Uh, you know, finish off the points. Don't just be sort of content going through 20, 30 shot rallies because Fritz will finish you off at some point. So... I'm just keen to see what the game plan is at Popperin tonight. And Demonor, look, should beat uh, Manorino. He's foxy, though, Manorino. He's the Frenchman who takes the pace off the ball, lots of spins. Played a great first set against Nadal about two years ago, one of the best first sets I've seen at the Australian Open. But Alex, I think, is running on top of the ground. He's taking the ball early and... Yeah, he'll be uh, jumping out of his skin airborne. He might uh, he might get out of the stadium tonight on uh, John Kane if the roost opens. So no, watch out for that one. Talking to ASEAN tennis commentator Brett Phillips. BP, the, the discussion and the debate around the balls just won't go away. I mean, we haven't asked you about this yet. I mean, is it a storm in a teacup or is the concerns legitimate for some players? Well, yeah, I wouldn't say it's the most popular ball uh, out on tour, the, the Dunlop. But look, I mean, the players through different Grand Slams will certainly whinge about a few things, be it the balls, be it the, you know, the, the courts and the speed of courts. I mean, you know, they've just got to sort of get on with it, adjust to the playing conditions. And, um, you know, it's not, it's not a total disaster. Uh, you know, players will find different things to uh, that will agitate them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously the deal is with Dunlop. That's uh, the way it is for now. Uh, you know, I think it's a little bit of a storm in a teacup. And it's, you know, when players are... Uh, certainly losing matches, I'll find different things to uh, complain about. But, 
Yeah, I don't think it's a disaster, that's for sure. Uh, in the women's side, uh, Kim Birrell, it was a great story uh, with her first round uh, victory uh, up uh, again today, um, uh, BP. So she takes on Linda Fruvatova. Now, this young girl from the Czech Republic is only 17 on the cusp of the top 100. Younger sister Brenda qualified at 15. So these two are going to do some damage in the sport for the next 10 to 15 years. We've been tracking them since they're about 13, 14, coming through the juniors. So uh, I I just hope Kim today brings that self-belief with her because this girl has got all the publicity her opponent. And just go for broke, Kim. Just hit that tennis ball and just take the game on. Uh, and she'll have that crowd on Kia Arena right in her hip pocket, riding every shot. So not without a chance, uh, but this young girl from the Czech Republic is uh, going to be a sensation. Hey, we were talking earlier about five sets for women, which, uh, granted, is certainly not a new debate, but particularly around semifinals and finals. And just listening to Jared Healy's uh, editorial last night, more around he finds himself wanting more when it comes to the women's game, BP, and that the women are entirely capable and equipped and adept and, and, and able to play five sets, maybe even at the pointy end of Grand Slams. I mean, not a new debate. In fact, I think it's been trialled in, in years gone by. But uh, is this something that uh, is an ongoing conversation at all? Do the women even want to do that? I mean, where's that sort of sit? No. I think it's a conversation, in all honesty, Sam, that we should just put to bed because yeah. this has been raging. And, and the sport of tennis goes way too long anyway. And obviously everything's designed around television. Mm. And you can have some of the best epic uh, three-set women's matches that go 7-6 in the third that are better than a straight sets uh, win in the men's. Um, so, I mean, you know, if you went through every tennis match, you, you could compile some pretty good data there. You know, do we want the women going and playing five sets? I mean, the, 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 the days will never end in tennis. I mean, we're finishing at 2 a.m. We're yeah. starting matches at 11 o'clock at night. So I think we just put this conversation uh, to bed. Because I've seen more women's matches over two or three hours uh, prove more entertainment uh, than a men's match at times. So I think the the balance is fine and we just leave it as it is. Yep. BP Sam Stosa, last uh, Aussie Open. She's on uh, in the doubles today with uh, Elise Cornet. Any chance of continuing on through the tournament to get somewhere near the, uh, a final here in the doubles? Well, who knows? Uh, get out there, folks, if you're uh, going in early with uh, the Grand Pass Kia Arena and, and pack it out for Sam up against her, my favourite. Well, she's, no, she's playing with my favourite, Elise Cornet. Always some drama around Elise. She gets a bit of heat stroke and collapses on the court and she uh, gets the wobbles, but uh, no, she'll be uh, right on uh, today. Look, they could win a couple of rounds. Hard to know. Um, I mean, the doubles is always... You know, uh, a bit of a mixed bag, and obviously down to match tie breaks, anything can happen. Need a little bit of luck at times, but yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, there's at least one more victory for Sam, uh, so she can feel that, you know, just that winning feeling one last time, uh, Simon. And uh, one of the uh, outsiders of the tournament, I think, uh, BP, um, is younger T. Well, she's not young anymore; she's thirty-one. Uh, Camilla Georgie oh, takes geez. on AK Schmedlova. Where, where, where are your thoughts there? You're in the Georgie camp. Oh, uh, he's, he's pitching the tent. <laughs> <laughs> if you read, if you read the backstory on, do you know the whole backstory on Camilla Georgie? The, the vaccination. Well, it goes way back to oh, American investors tried to invest in uh, the Georgie tennis brand, and they were dudded. They were chased for money for years. Father Sergio, I don't know if he's here. He looks like Einstein. He's normally <laughs> hiding behind a tree somewhere because Camilla's. Uh, Camilla just 
closes her eyes and she hits the absolute bejesus out of that tennis ball. He can't watch. He's throwing in double faults. I was in Hobart one year when she served 25 double faults in a match and Sergio, I think, uh, got into the Kia and uh, disappeared back to the hotel. BP, always... What's going on with Camilla? (laughs) She's made his day now. Uh, A lot of great feedback for you. Uh, Vic wanted us uh, via the text to pass on. Our thanks to you, doing a fantastic job, and uh, she's praying you have an early night tonight than you did last night. Uh, Good on you, mate. Enjoy the day. No, I'm actually going to go pay more attention to Camilla George's match here today than any match. Thank you, Jed.